Hey everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast. This week's discussion, we're going to continue talking about celebrating your differences. Celebrate your differences. Somebody must need to hear it because the Lord still has us talking about (laughs) it. So with that in mind, we're going to continue in that vein mm-hmm. this week, uh, but also more importantly, giving God glory in your marriage is so imperative that you you exemplify what marriage, the godly marriage, is supposed to look like. Oh, oh. So last week we discussed, um, and we didn't really get into this too much. Um, are you happy, or is God making you holy? That was something we talked about um, a little bit for the last couple of weeks. And um, so now we're doing, Renee and I, we're doing a new project, which is you'll see pretty soon. And one of the things we've learned is that we have to play to our strengths. Yes. You know, I'm just better at doing certain things than she is. Likewise, Renee is better at doing um, certain things than I am. And when you look at it in its totality, um, we we balance each other, but we still struggle because we're human. But, you know, you have to look at the big picture and say, okay, put your ego aside, put everything aside. How can we get this accomplished? Right. And so. um, And that kind of goes back to when we were talking about the basketball players. You have different roles in a basketball team. Mm -hmm. And different players, mm-hmm. they're you know you're not going to have the man in the middle always shooting. Yes, the point guard is the man in the middle. The man in the middle, <laughs> <laughs> the center. Um, his role is different than the point guard. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see the center getting fifty, sixty points. That's the role of the the point I'm, guard. Okay, so I'm gonna let you so go with that. so anyway, I'm just saying <laughs> that. We play to each other's strengths mm-hmm. because we each have different roles, yes. different, uh, what do you call it, qualities mm-hmm. or strengths, yeah. as you said. So anyway, I'm going to let you finish. No, I, no, I was going <laughs> to let you go with your, the man in the middle. The man in the middle. <laughs> Michael Jackson song. But early in that our marriage. That was the man in the mirror, dear. Man in the mirror? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's all you say, sanctified folks out there. I don't listen to R and B. Oh Lord. Okay. <laughs> okay we not another podcast it. topic for another it. day. Okay. Uh, but early in our marriage, we always said, and I don't know if it was we or me, we said uh, divorce is not an option. So some kind of way we have to make this thing work. This yes. thing called marriage. Yes. And it wasn't an option. Again, we were not saved when we were saying when we made that statement. But God's word is true, and his word doesn't return unto him void. And we just lined up with God's word, and we weren't saved. And we say, hey, we're not getting a divorce. So yes. we went through things and self-inflicted wounds, but um, we came back to we're not getting a divorce. Right. Well, that was pretty much your thing. Okay. I was thinking otherwise, mm-hmm. but I didn't speak it. And the word is true. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. So because you confessed it out of your mouth and I didn't confess otherwise, it, it took me some years to catch on to that theory that 
uh, divorce is not an option. It's not an option. It is not an option. So during this uh, pandemic, um, when you're home with your spouse, you need to confess the word. I mean, we're, we're not. We're not naive enough to think that every marriage is perfect. And for the last two months or however long you've been um, in the house with your spouse, you know, we know there's some trying times, some some rough times, but you're going to have to confess, you know, God's word over God's marriage. Yes. You know, and and if you want your marriage to work, it'll work. And so um, last week also we talked about meeting each other's needs. Excuse me. And we talked about Adam and Eve because Adam has uh, is the man or let's use us as an example. Uh, Renee, you have what I need and I have what you need. Yes. And the job or the mission is how do I get it out of you or do I or is it my responsibility to get out of you what I need? And you said last week that if I meet your needs and you meet my needs, then our needs are being met. Exactly. And it's selfless. Exactly. And which I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But there comes a time in a in a marriage, and in, in every marriage, there will come time where there are some needs that only God can meet. Yes. yes. And so what you have to be careful of is not to put your spouse in a place that should be reserved for God, Right. And you have to be careful as a spouse not to go into a place that should be reserved for God for your mate, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes, okay. it does. Absolutely. I I certainly agree because I know there was a point in time in our marriage where I was leaning so much on Doug and depending so much on Doug that I kind of made him my God, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be careful because you can make your spouse your God. You can look to them for things and to fill voids or past hurts or previous experiences may cause you to expect your spouse to fill that void or to make up for those things. But only God is a restorer. Yeah. Only God can help you to, you know, to restore unto you the years the canker worm, the locust, and the palmer worm made up. We can't expect our spouses to do that. And we have to be careful not to put our spouses on the throne. Ooh. Only God belongs there. Ooh. He is a jealous God. And yes, our marriage is sanctified and holy unto the Lord. However, we still want to make sure that we are not putting our spouse in the place of God because that is not where they belong. And you said something real interesting, and I had to jot it down. I'm a note taker. You said God is a jealous God. And so I remember this was years ago when we had this conversation, and I remember telling you, I'm, I know I didn't say it the way I'm saying it now, that I'm not God, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I, I just know me. I'm like, I'm not God. So there are certain things I can't give you. And and it's it's. And I was thinking, I know you're not God, but I didn't know I was treating you in such a way that made you feel like you were God. And you said God is a jealous God. So, again, I come back to the spouse. You cannot allow yourself to be put in a place that is reserved for God because God is a jealous God. And you can't have, he said, clearly, I will have no other gods before me. Mm -hmm. So you got to make sure. Now, now there comes a time where you pray, you know, you want to pray as a couple, but you got to make sure that um, that space in your life is reserved for God 
Jesus and not don't try to put your spouse in there because it's impossible for me to give you something I don't have. Right. And a prime example, I'll just say God is a healer. Your spouse is not a healer. Your spouse cannot heal you. Your spouse can possibly comfort you. Mm-hmm. Your spouse can give you support. Your spouse can pray for you, but your spouse ultimately can't heal you. Whether it's physical, emotional, uh, spiritual, uh, your spouse cannot heal you. And that goes back to there are only some needs that only God can meet. Yes. So God wants you to understand, you know, in the hierarchy of marriage, God, your spouse. And then I would say children and everything else. But just make sure, first and foremost, that you look into God. You know, okay, God created marriage. He designed marriage, Adam and Eve, right? And so not not only did he design marriage and create man and woman, I'd say nine out of ten people who we talk to when it comes to premarital counseling, they'll say, well, this person... um, God gave me this person or God brought this person in my life. Okay. So now God created marriage. God brought this person in your life. And now you decide to get married. So if you're having any problems, (laughs) the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, if you're having any problems in your marriage, why would you not go back to the creator of marriage, the author of marriage? We go, we talk, we try to talk to everybody else and go to everybody for advice But at some point in time, you need to go back to the person who designed marriage, who created marriage, who brought this, who brought your spouse in your life. Because I'm pretty sure you said, God brought me this man or God brought me this woman. And I just heard birds chirping and the lights. (laughs) And the the violin playing (laughs) a symphony. (laughs) I heard it. And I know God brought, and we've been married for X amount of years and now you're going through the last 60 days of being in the house together and you're realizing, mm. oh, my goodness. Did I really hear from the Lord? Yeah, did I really God, hear from the Lord? Lord, is that you or shall I look for another? <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, this week, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but this week, I know we always laugh, but I, I know there are times in marriage where you thinking, you know, there's nothing funny. In mm-hmm. about this because we are really struggling. We're really going through. Right. And this is just, um, like I said, if you're around me any length of time, you're going to laugh. And it, I don't mean to make light of your situation. Right. But, we don't want to minimize yeah. marital problems because we certainly know that there are some problems that aren't funny at all. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in uh, along that same line, not, not but, but along those same lines in Philippians 4, in the Message Bible, the heading talks about pray about everything in the Message Bible. Mm-hmm. Philippians 4, uh, four. if you go through 4 through like verse 20, you know, verse 4 and 5, it talks about celebrate God. Verse 6 and 7 says don't worry, pray again. Verse 8 and 9 talks about what to think about. 10 through 14 talks about being content. And then 18 18 through 20, excuse me, talks about God will take care of everything you need. Mm -hmm. So in just a reminder, I know Renee normally gives you scriptures and I'm usually the one who, you know, just flows. But this (laughs) week and again, everything switches up. If you stay married long enough, things will switch up. But in Philippians four, if you read it through the message Bible, just um, take that uh, whole verse to heart. 
when it comes to your marriage. Pray about everything. Don't make a rash decision. Don't, you know, make a decision when when this thing is over, I'm going to do X or I'm going to do Y. Right. You know, talking about the pandemic. Just, Lord, what do you need me to do? And a lot of times when you pray about your spouse, God will show you you. I know that's been my case. When I yes. prayed about Renee, he showed me, well, this is what you're not doing. Yes. I was like, oh. And that's been my. Oh, my. <laughs> that's been my experience as well. I'll go in there, Lord, Lord, fix Doug and God will show me me. Mm-hmm. Going back to the Michael Jackson song, The Man in the Mirror, God will have you take a look at yourself in the mirror and fix you. If you're doing what you're supposed to do and everybody's doing what everybody's supposed to do, mm-hmm. then everybody's good. Yeah. But the problem is selfishness. Uh-oh. We start Uh-oh. only looking at what we're not getting. Uh-oh. Or what about me? And how come he's not doing what he's supposed to do? Or how come she's not doing what she's supposed to do? I haven't had a home-cooked meal. She's been home all this time. Uh-oh. And, you know, how come Uh-oh. she can't do X, Y, Z, and he can't do X, Y, Z? Well, how come you can't do it? Uh-oh. You know, as Rasputia said in the movie Norbit, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea you were going to say that. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> but, you know, on a serious note, honestly, you know, again, stop looking to your spouse for everything. You know, pray, like Doug just said, go through Philippians, pray without ceasing, continue to pray, and then get up off your knees. And do the work, put in the work, put in the effort. Don't wait for your spouse. Just because you just got up off your knees doesn't mean they're going to turn around and boom, they magically going to start doing the thing that you prayed about. It took us, it took us years Mm -hmm. to get to that point. And we're still growing and we're still learning because we're still evolving and we're still changing. And it's not that I don't want anybody to think we've arrived in marriage because we haven't. No, we have not. We have not. We just, (laughs) we're just willing vessels that you know God is using to help um, for the things we've went through. And you yes. talked about marriage being work. And I wrote this down, um, got up in the middle of the night. Marriage works. Marriage is work. Marriage will work if you work it. Yes. So I'm going to repeat that for those of you who out there. Marriage works. Marriage is work. Marriage will work if you work it. And again, last week, you know, I apologize to the single people because we give them the impression that, you know, we post a picture and (laughs) everything's cool and we put a little caption on it. But marriage is hard work. And in celebrating the differences between you and your spouse, I want you to, uh, if you think of like the the scales of justice, lady, I forgot the Lady Justice? Lady Justice, okay. (laughs) She has scales. I mean, she's blinded and has scales. And I'm not going to get into that whole, there's no, okay, that's another podcast. But you have to be balanced. So if Renee and I are on opposite sides of the scale and I don't embrace her differences or she doesn't embrace my differences, then the scales become imbalanced. And we're not able to do what God wants us to do because one of us going back to what Renee said, one of us is like, what about me? What about me? Wham. What about me? And and can I put a pin in there for uh a second? Because some men think that that's okay. 
they think the scale is supposed to be unbalanced. No. When you said that I got the vision in my mind of a man thinking he's supposed to be up higher than the woman. Mm. He's supposed to be on that top tier of the balance and the woman is supposed to be down low. No, you're you're equal in this. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> Behind the scenes of what goes on this podcast. Yes. Oh, you gotta love the podcast. Yes. Home studio. <laughs> but but if the okay, so if the man if the man is up high, let's just let's just look visualize this. If the man is up high and the woman is down low, that means she's doing most of the work. Because she's carrying, she's all carrying the, weight. the load. Yeah, yes. she's carrying the load. And that's that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Any way you look at it, so you have to, gentlemen, husband. You're going to have to uh, carry some of the load, take some of that burden off your wife because your wife was not designed to carry a lot of that load. And mm-hmm. we, we, I know we're not getting into um, roles and responsibility, <laughs> but he's like, seems like we keep coming back to that. But your wife was not designed to carry that load. So even if it's just something as simple to me as doing chores around the house, you're all at home, everybody's home. Vacuum, wash the dishes, help out. There's, you should be able to take some of the load off your wife. Yes. So, <clears throat> and that's one of the things. Since we're talking about celebrating differences, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I really appreciate about Doug. He'll do the laundry. He will vacuum, make bed, clean, dust, uh, cook a mean breakfast. That's um, what I do. <laughs> and I appreciate that about him. It's not that. You know, one does it. We do it differently. Mm-hmm. We've even noticed, okay, I might put some of his stuff in the wrong drawer or whatever. But he appreciates the fact that I do the laundry and I appreciate the fact that he does the laundry. Yeah. You know, we help each other out. We are on the same team. You have to embrace each other's differences. And so my question to the to our listeners is since we've been talking about embracing the differences, embracing your spouse's differences, have you celebrated your spouse's difference from you or do you complain that mm. they aren't like you, that they're not meeting your need or something? What about me? What about me? Mm. And you, I think when we first started this podcast, you said something you're like selfish people should not get married. And I still believe that's true. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's in the Bible, but that, that works. Yeah. Selfish people should not get married because it is going to come back. What about me? What about me? What about me? And I just see the little, like a little cartoon with a little fireman or a little cop or something running about. What about me? What about me? What about me? <laughs> what about me? What about my needs? What about my needs? And and you're, you're looking to your spouse to give you something that, you know, they can't give you. As I stated before, I can't give Renee something I don't have. And then... Let's just go along those same lines. If God, God says, I'll supply all your needs according to riches and glory. But if God hasn't given it to you yet, maybe you don't need it. Maybe it's a want and not necessarily a need. Okay. okay. Just see, just something I'm just throwing out there. You think you might need it, but if God hasn't given it to you, maybe you don't need it. Or maybe he'll give it to you when you look to the giver and not necessarily the gift. Because right now you're looking to the gift, meaning your spouse, more than you are the giver. The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. And so once you once you look to the Lord 
and stop looking to your spouse to do everything or meet your every need, then God, maybe just maybe God will give it to you. Yes. Whatever it is you need or want. Yes. So going along those lines in Proverbs 11, one through two, in the Passion Translation, it talks about living in righteousness. And I'm just going to read this because it's two verses. It says to set to set high standards for someone else and then not live up to them yourself is something that God truly hates. Mm. But it pleases him when we apply the right standards of measurement. Again, talking about scales. When you act with presumption, convinced that you're right, don't be surprised if you fall flat on your face. Ouch. But walking in humility helps you to make wise decisions. Yes. That's Proverbs 11, 1 through 2 in the Passion Translation. Yes. And this is applicable to married people and single people. Mm-hmm. Stop acting. Stop asking people to do stuff that you're not willing to do yourself. Because we, we set up a bar for someone else to meet. And then we don't live up to that same standard. Right. And um, in Matthew 7, 1 through 5, in the Message Bible, it talks about taking the plank out of your eye. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we can see what everybody else is doing wrong, but we don't see we got a plank in our eye. You don't see what you're doing wrong. And if you've ever had children, um, multiple children, you know there's always more than one side to a story. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the same is true for marriage. Yeah. So I like to think of it if uh, if you have a triangle, you have the left side. Let's just say that's the husband. That's his side. The right side of the triangle is the wife. But that line in the middle, that's the truth. And mm-hmm. so there are always, there's always more than one version of a story. No matter what you may think, um, what you may say, your spouse is different by design. And, and celebrate their differences. And you'll just be amazed by how much easier that makes the tension in the house if you just, oh, I'm, I appreciate you doing it that way. I right. never thought of you doing it that way. Right. I never thought of you. I never looked at it that way. And and going back to the yeah. love languages, they should do it in such a way that the person is receptive. So that would probably work for me because I'm a words affirmation person. Mm-hmm. But then you have those who might want someone to just give them a hug, you know, because they're physical touch. Yeah. So they'll give a hug and say, you know, or rub them on the back. You know, yeah. thank you. You know, rub their leg, rub mm-hmm. their hand, Ooh, rub, rub their, their rub their bald head. <laughs> Uh, we're going to cut this podcast short in a minute. Um, but anyway, um, you messed me up. What was I saying? You were talking about rubbing my head. Oh, well, wait, well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. That I was, I was going somewhere. Oh, okay. I was going somewhere else with that. Um, uh, we married y'all out there in podcast land. That's the, that's another topic for another podcast. Um, but you might be someone who you want a gift, yeah, you know, you, you might want a gift, you know, uh, flowers. Let's just use flowers oh, as an example. Flowers. Oh um, flowers or they may have said the other day, I like those earrings. And then you show up with earrings. You know what, babe, you've been doing such a great job. Here's some earrings mm-hmm. or husband. Here's that hat. I saw in the, you saw in the store the other day, yeah. um, just express in a way that they will be receptive that you appreciate them, that you appreciate what they do. 
And if I must say emphatically, do not do it in hopes to get something in return, because Uh-oh. then that's being selfish. Uh-oh. Because remember, you are going to get what you put out, mm-hmm. and you may not get it right then and there. Mm-hmm. So it's important for you to do it as unto the Lord. Do it. And if you don't get the response that you want, if you don't get the response that you're expecting, um, then so be it. Yeah. You just, sow the seed. You just do your part. Yep. Yes. You sow the seed. One plant, one water. I'm going to take this out of context, but you just sow the seed. Yes. And it's, it's impossible for you not to reap the harvest if you sow the seed because God, God's word is true. Yes. If, and if God is directing you to do something, trust me. If you, he's going to show you favor. If you do his will, if you do what you're supposed to do and you line up according to God's word, according to his directives, when you pray, don't let it be a one-sided conversation. It shouldn't be a monologue. It should be where it's a dialogue so that you're waiting for a response. Wait for God to give you instructions. Wait for God to respond to your prayer. Wait for God to say, okay, this is what I want you to do. This is what I need you to do. Sometimes the prayer is you go and say, okay, Lord, here I am. Um, I'm waiting to hear from you. Sometimes it's just you sitting and waiting to hear from the Lord as it relates to your marriage. Because sometimes we're so busy trying to do it our way and not God's way, we get in the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-oh. Say that again. We're so busy trying to do it our way and not God's way that we get in the way. Wow. And that was dropped down straight from heaven. Got to do it God's way. If you want God's results, you have to do it God's way. Absolutely. And um, wow, that I think I'm going to give you an offer. Okay. How much you want? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I may ask you for more than you have to give me. <laughs> I, don't, I can't give it to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, wow, that was that was excellent. Don't don't get in your own way. And when you were talking, I was thinking about and um, you know, we all have our own cross to bear. And, you know, but sometimes your your marriage can be your cross. It yeah. really your marriage can be your cross. And I know we don't think of it that way, or God would never do that. Well, why wouldn't God do that? Because He's trying, He's trying to build you, He's trying to stretch you, He's trying to make you balance. He's trying to Enlarge your territory. And as you as a personal trainer and, and you and I've learned this over time, muscles hurt when you use them. <laughs> yes, they do. You know, they get sore. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially if you're using a muscle you normally don't use yeah. and you start working it out. It's like, man, you know, I don't I don't like I don't like this pain. And that's what some Christians may be going through right now. They're, they're experiencing pain because God is stretching mm. them and they're like, I don't like this. Well, He's stretching you. He's working you out. He's preparing you. And I come back to something co-pastor said years ago. Everything in your marriage that happens is not about you. Right. And you have to be more committed to the institution of marriage than you are the person you're marrying. Right. And they have to look at it as there is a purpose for that pain. God doesn't put more on you than you can bear. Mm -hmm. So if you're going through it, it's for a reason. And it's just a season. God wants you to get something out of that. He wants you to grow, just like working out. 
the more you lift weights or the heavier the weight is, the more your muscle grows. Mm -hmm. Same thing with your faith. The more you activate your faith, the more you put your faith to the test, the more your faith grows. So it's important to make sure that you are. What's the word you're looking for? I don't know. Uh, It's important to make sure that you are. That you are. Working your whole body. (laughs) Yeah, working every muscle. (laughs) But no, it's important that you are not looking at what you're going through in your marriage as a negative and try to see a positive in it and identify what's the purpose in this, God? What is it you want? Like Douglas and I, all the stuff we've gone through in our marriage, of course, when we were going through it, we didn't see a podcast. We didn't see marriage ministry. We didn't see... Teaching premarital counseling couples, we didn't see any of that, but God knew, and God said, "If you just walk this thing out, if you stick this thing out, mm-hmm. then I have a great plan for you." And again, this podcast is not about us; it's about helping somebody else. Hopefully, not stumble and go through some of the stuff we went through. Now, will you not go through anything? Absolutely, you will. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you're gonna go through stuff. Yeah. And you you were talking about, you know, you said something interesting. And I was like, I thought of this. Can can God put the weight of his glory on your marriage? Mm. So in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, it talks about far light affliction, which is but for a moment, working for us a far more exceedingly internal weight of glory. And if you're not balanced and God puts his weight of his glory on your marriage and you're not balanced, Somebody is going to crumble under that weight mm. because you're already not balanced. Somebody's already doing the majority of the work, um, holding down the marriage, doing, you know, everything. And I know it's usually that person who thinks it's what about me? What about me? And so God cannot put his weight, the weight of his glory on your marriage until you become balanced, until you start acknowledging your spouse is different and you start in the going back to the workout and working out muscles that you normally don't work out. Because if all you do is go in the gym and do um, curls, like for your arms. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, in the cartoons, your muscle, your, your, what is it, triceps? Your biceps. biceps. Your <laughs> biceps would be big, mm-hmm. but everything else would be small, like in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So you need to be balanced. You need to work out your cardio. You need cardio. You need to work out your legs, your abs, your total body. Mm-hmm. And coming back to what you were talking about the other week, we're all one body. Yes. You know, and your marriage, there are different parts of the body. And so you have to work out your arms, your legs, mm-hmm. and it, it's not comfortable. Yeah, It's not. And as somebody who doesn't like pain, me, when I ask Renee for advice on how to do certain things, and she'll say, oh, you need to do this. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> like, you just asked me. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so as it is in the, as it is in natural, so it is in spiritual. We ask God for certain things, and he gives us our spouse, and we're like, no, nah, I don't not want doing that. that. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> doing that. <laughs> like, well, this is what you wanted. You wanted marriage. You wanted mm-hmm. marriage is a representation of Christ in the church. And then you're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. And you saying no after so many years of being married, but honestly, you said yes the day you got married. Mm-hmm. You said yes to a whole lot of stuff you didn't even know you were saying yes to. Uh-oh. When you got married and you said I do, Uh-oh. 
You said I do to what you knew then. And you said I do to what was going to happen in the future. And you said I do to their past. Yes. Their person, their spouse's past will play a huge role in your marriage. Yes. You said I do to their baggage. Uh oh. <laughs> you said I do to everything. And, and now you do. And now you do. So don't be trying to say you don't now. Yeah. I don't know if that made perfect English, but <laughs> it, it made, made sense. sense to be coming out. <laughs> don't be saying don't now. <laughs> it made sense. They got it. You, you, you said I do. Don't say I don't now. Right. Right. You're in this for the long haul. Fight through it. It's going to make you a better person. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you have a testimony, and it's going to make you effective for the kingdom because you can help somebody else. Yeah. So um, did you want to? Yeah. Um, so since we was talking about the Lord and God and how important it is to have him in uh, you following his direction, what if God is the missing piece? P-I-E-C-E, of your marriage. He is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, P-E-A-C-E. God said he'll keep those whose mind is stayed on him in perfect peace. Who doesn't want perfect peace? If you don't have peace in your house, you need to stop and try to figure out, is God the missing piece? We talked mm-hmm. about the puzzles before. Maybe you missing... uh one big piece out of your puzzle, and it's God, not putting him first in your life, not putting him first in your marriage. I want to also dare say, and I'm going to speak to the ladies for a moment, stop giving your husband a piece, P-I-E-C-E, of your mind, and give him peace in his home. I remember early in our marriage, uh, before Doug was saved, I think it was probably before I got saved as well, Um Every time he came home, I'm complaining about this and fussing about that, Fuss. giving him a piece of this and a piece of my mind. And I heard uh, our um, our pastor, the Archbishop Alfred A. Owens, Ooh. once say, stop giving people a piece of your mind. You need all of your pieces. And that is so true. Mm-hmm. Stop giving your husband a piece of your mind and give him peace in his house You want peace in your marriage? You want peace in your family? You want peace in your mind? Peace comes from God. So you're going to have to keep your mind stayed on him, focus on him. The dictionary defines peace as freedom from disturbance, tranquility. Who doesn't want tranquility in their house? Some peace. So when you said that, I was jotting down notes. Peace. Pray. This is what I wrote down. Pray, pray. Pray. Comes back to prayer. Mm. To me, it comes back to prayer in this instance. Turn off the TV. Um, Lord knows we you don't need to watch or we don't need to watch any more Netflix. Mm-hmm. For the last two months we watched enough TV. Turn off the TV, pray, 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 play some worship music, set the atmosphere in your house. Yes. And just I keep since we're talking about celebrating the differences verbalize, go to your spouse and verbalize. I'm so thankful. I appreciate you doing X, Y, or Z because Mm -hmm. I know I'm not good at that. Mm -hmm. And you just, it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some humility, 
It's going to take being vulnerable. It's going to take being transparent. Mm. It's going to take all of those things that we don't want to do. Coming back to working out, you know, I don't want to work out my hamstrings because when I sit and I do the whatever that uh, exercise is, it's like I don't get the results I think I should. And so I don't want to do it because it hurts. But I know overall, in the overall scheme of things, it's part of my body and it's good for me. So there are some things you just have to do. And we don't want to be um, transparent to a certain extent without spouses. We don't want to be vulnerable to a certain extent without spouses. But that's where your that's where your peace is going to come in. And that's where your strength is going to come in because you want to be balanced. And it's going to take communication. Going back to the first four or five podcasts we talked about mm-hmm. communicating with your spouse and saying, this is what I need. And this is what I I can do and what I can't do, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, what I fear, what I'm not. You know, you're going to have to have those conversations. Yeah. And you said when you said vulnerable, it just uh, reminded me of conversations that I've had with um, of women that I was um, counseling or uh, speaking with. And what I find is that sometimes we put this guard up. We put this wall up and we don't want to be vulnerable. But if you can't be vulnerable with your spouse, who else can you be vulnerable Mm -hmm. with other than the Lord? Mm -hmm. And it's important that you need to get to the point of, and that's true intimacy. When we talk about intimacy uh, in a future podcast, we'll delve into that a lot deeper. But you need to be able to open up to your spouse and truly let them know without giving them a piece of your mind mm-hmm. uh, how you feel. Yeah. And communicate. This goes back to our earlier podcast where we talked about uh, communication. It's very important for you to feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable with your spouse. And if you don't, pray about that as well. Ask God, how can you talk to your spouse? How can you open up to your spouse and share your true intimate feelings? And in order for me to share my true intimate feelings with you, you have to create a safe space for me. So I can come to you and say, nay, this is how I feel. This is what I think. You know, you know, this is the thoughts that's going through my head. But if you don't create that safe space or if you don't tell me I have that safe space, then because guys, as husbands, we don't want to be transparent. You know, I talk to husbands. How you doing? I'm good. No, bro, you're not good. So anyway, that's an- <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> bro, you really, really, you're not good. That's why you got to talk to the wives, the wives, and not the husbands, because the wives will give you a true depiction of the marriage. The guys will be like, "Oh yeah, we're good." No, you're mm-hmm. not good. But when you said that, I thought of a safe space. And you want to have, you want your spouse, you want to create a safe space for your wife, for your spouse, for your wife or your husband. So it can come, come to you and just um, share, be vulnerable, be transparent. And you don't take what they tell you. You don't turn around and tell somebody else, whether it's family member, mother, father, sister, brother, whoever, you know, when they share with you, that stays right there. And don't use it against them yes. later in a future conversation, yeah. argument, disagreement. Yeah. Um, and you need to allow them not to say, well, that's stupid. 
That's dumb. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't think like that. Why you think like that? No, that's not the way to approach that. Even if you don't understand, you don't agree, it doesn't make sense to you. You're not them. You don't think the same, but you need to respect them enough to allow them that time and that space to be able to openly communicate with you how they feel. Yep. And some some coming back to when you said, why do you think that way? I think things a certain way. I think a certain way because I see things a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I see things a certain way because God wired me that way. Mm-hmm. And I come back to the book I'm, I've been reading for the last couple of weeks, Discover Your God-Given Gifts. That's how I see things. And so that might be one of the reasons why I think the way I think. And sometimes the enemy is just playing thoughts, planting thoughts in your head, and you're just thinking crazy stuff. You know, those thoughts will come in. It's like, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. But I see things a certain way because that's how I'm wired. And I should be able to come to you. Your spouse should be able to come to you and say, this is how I see things. This is how I feel. This is how I think. And for you not to go off on the deep end and give them a piece of your mind. Right. Because that's not what they need at that particular point in time. They don't need a piece of your mind. They're just coming to you to give you some information so you can see into them. Right. I think that's how I was talked about intimacy into me. I see yes. that's the way I've heard it. Mm-hmm. And so. Can I add something? Yeah, please add. Um, so you were saying this is the way I am. This is the way I see things. I want, I don't want people to take that as n- not allowing themselves area for improvement because oh, yeah, we yeah. all have room to improve. Yes. We all have room to grow. We can always do things better, say things better. Uh, as long as we, every day that we wake up, it's a chance to be better, do mm-hmm. better. And so I don't want people to take that as, oh, this is just the way God wired me. So my spouse is just going to have to deal with me no, like that. No, no that comes back to being selfless. Say. Yes. That comes back to being selfless and yes. not selfish and saying, oh, I'm just this way, you know. And I, I joke around with you when I say this. I'm like, you married me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I joke around. But but when we got married, I was 17 when we got married. Mm-hmm. When I turned 27, I didn't think the same way I did when I was 17. When I turned 37, I didn't think the same way. Turned 47, I didn't think the same way. And God willing, when I turn 57, I won't think the same way as I did when we, you know, when we first got married. So you should grow. You yes. should learn. You should evolve you as should. a as a husband, as a spouse, as the leader of your home. And not only that, you should be looking at ways to do that. Yes. You should not think that you have arrived. You should humbly submit yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. Say, Lord, what areas can I grow in? Yes. How could I do this better? How could I be better? Uh, how could I be a better husband? How could I be a better wife? There's always room for improvement. There's always room to grow. And as you were saying that, I was thinking the scripture where it talks about my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yes. You know, you, you should want to grow. You, sh- I should want to grow because when I grow, you grow and coming back to Team Dancer. Yes. We win. We win. We win. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so so before we, um, I don't even know if we're about to sign off, but I just wanted to let my single people, the people who listen to this podcast, this was a thought that came to me um, during this pandemic. Um, Abram, God told him he was going to give him a seed. And he and his wife, Sarah, or Sarah, they decided, um, well, they decided to help God out. And so um, the long story short, 
Abram went and had a baby with uh, Sarah's handmaid, and that was Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the one. He wasn't the promise that God had given Abram and Sarah. So Isaac was the seed that God had promised to give Abram and Sarah. And so for my single people who during this podcast, during this pandemic, um, you are at home and you're looking for the promise and you are wanting to be married. Don't let this pandemic or during this pandemic, don't settle for Ishmael. Just wait on your Isaac. Don't try to help God and whatever, whatever it is, you know, in your future spouse, because when you pray, if you're praying in your native language, the enemy hears your prayer also. So as we start to come off um, stay at home quarantine and you start getting out and going on about your business, don't settle for Ishmael. Wait on Isaac. That's all I have to say about that. I want to leave my final note for to spell out peace. And I want you to grab a pen and a paper. And if you don't have one, you can always press pause and go get one. All right. So peace, the P, practice being selfless. Try doing something your spouse likes or enjoys without complaining. E, exercise restraint. Watch your mouth. Everything that pops in your head does not need to be said. Selah. Pause a moment. Let that marinate. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. One of my favorite scriptures is found in Psalms 45 and 1. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. What is your tongue writing? Exercise restraint. If what you're about to say is not indicting a good matter, it's not coming out from a good place, it's not touching to the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, don't say it. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Make sure when you're approaching your spouse or when you're talking to your spouse, you exercise restraint and don't use grievous words because it will stir up anger. A, act like you love your spouse by celebrating their individuality. Everybody's unique. The Bible even says it, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So we are unique individuals. We, we are so unique that nobody has the same fingerprint. We all have a different fingerprint. In your house, you and your spouse have a different fingerprint. You'll have a different role. Celebrate it. Find the thing that attracted to you, attracted you to them to begin with and start acting like you love your spouse again. Continue praying. Doug ran off uh, several scriptures. So the C is continue praying. Pray, pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. And then express love. First Corinthians 13 gives you the whole rundown of love. I want you to read that as well. Again, you want peace in your house? You want peace in your life? You want peace in your mind? Look to the Lord who is the source of your peace. Yep. So 
Um, with that being said, um, Elder David Holder, he had this statement. Now, I've been saying it on these podcasts. What happens when you realize the person you married is not the one? You become the one. They're not the right one. They're not. You become it. Yep. It, it then it comes on you to become that person. Yes. So, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Appreciate you listening to our pack podcast. And again, thank you for making our podcast, Doug the and num- Renee, the, the number, number one podcast in, in the, the Dessler household. household. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. We out. Thank, Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened, and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also, feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.